swing, swing, swing here. Oh, hammer that. Give me some of this over the triple <laughs> block. Yes. That guy's going to swing no matter where he is. Ace. It's over. Oh, welcome to Over the Top, your all-access view inside BYU Men's Volleyball. Times are good right now. I'm Jerem Jordan, alongside a man who owns enough brooms to support BYU's new habit, Steve Vale. Yeah, I just need to go get some gloves. I don't, I don't want to get any blisters, man. There's a lot of sweeping going on. There's a lot of sweeping going on. Lots to talk about today, and we're excited about it. Here's the show lineup. We'll discuss the Cougars' sweep at Concordia Irvine last night, preview round two tonight, discuss the Cougars' eight-game win streak. Man, BYU's on fire right now. Steve's wow moments of the week, 80s or 90s movie or TV show of the week, and we'll chat with setter Brody Ernest and Coach Sean Olmstead. So let's recap what happened last night. BYU wins by 13, a little closer. Steve at Concordia Irvine. BYU wins 25-19, 20, and then the last one was a deuce set. But the Cougars win another match and another match on the road. Yeah, BYU is playing really well right now. And I'll tell you, I think they're going to just keep on doing what they're doing and and peaking at the right time, which is exactly what they're hoping to do. Concordia Irvine, round two tonight, which we'll talk about in a moment. Then USC at home next week, both on BYU TV. And then UCLA on the road. And then the regular season's over. So maybe at Stanford. I know BYU's talking about that possibility. We'll see if that makes sense. But uh, things are going well. Let's break down the match some more. Zach Eschenberg, 11 kills, no errors, 15 swings, 733, an all-time night from the senior. Yeah, that, what a great night for Zach. And, I mean, he just seems like he just keeps getting better every night. And, I mean, he's 6'6". He's a, he's a big player, but, you know, He's kind of in the shadow of Davide and, and Gabby, and, and all of a sudden he's kind of starting to emerge and becoming his own dude. And, and I'm telling you, he's so fun to watch. The remembered man. He's getting a new nickname, <laughs> right. right? Five aces from Davide Gardini. That matches a career high. That's an incredible performance. Yeah, it is. And good for him, the offensive player of the week. That guy served the lights out last night, which is super fun. I just was curious, uh, you know, where, where was Gabby? Uh, Gabby had uh, an ace as well himself. But uh, it was Davide's night, I guess, uh, yeah, from was. the service line. Yeah, uh, Raymond Barsemian, uh, outstanding opposite on the uh, Concordia Irvine Eagles squad, had six kills, seven errors, 21 swings. He hit negative 048, so Bure did a tremendous job on him. And then, of course, it was Sean on Sean Cougar crime because it was uh, Sean Patchell, former BYU player and coach, against Sean Olmstead, for, uh, former player and current coach. So uh, kind of a fun battle there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is, uh, is Sean, you know, I don't, Sean Patchell, you know, he's down there uh, in California doing his thing. But uh, I tell you, BYU, they're just really red hot right now. And I, you know, I wasn't able to watch the match, but it sounds like BYU just kind of got their business done and, and handled pretty easily. Yeah, that last set ends up being close. But other than that, ends up being a sweep for BYU, who has now won eight matches in a row and just one set lost in that span to Pepperdine last week. After BYU lost that, that first night against Grand Canyon, BYU has been on fire and kind of became the team that we thought they were, Steve, but I think it might have taken a second loss. Yeah, I, and we've talked about that a little bit. I think you're right because BYU, when they lost, uh, you know, they lost pretty big to, to Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon looked really, really good that night, and there was all of a sudden a lot of questions about BYU. Hey, it's the same squad, but is, is it the same squad? And I'll tell you, I think you're right. That loss kind of woke them up like, hey, no one's going to give us anything. We've got to just kick and scratch and, and claw our way into this thing. And, and I think that's what they've done. And I think that's what they're going to continue to do getting on into that tournament. 
Sean Olmstead has talked about, hey, we need to trust each other more, and certainly that trust is happening now, and we'll talk to Sean Olmstead coming up later in the program. He talked about how Grand Canyon looked really good earlier in the season. You know what they don't look now is really good. Uh, four and six for Grand Canyon at this point, and uh, BYU looking good, though. Eight-match win streak, as we mentioned. BYU 13-2, and two, up two games in the MPSF, Steve, with uh, you know a couple weeks to go left in the regular season. UCLA's in second at 11-4. and four. A reminder that it's just straight win wins is what uh, it's not win percentage it's not anything else just straight wins so UCLA with the eleven Pepperdine with nine and then this massive gap Steve Grand Canyon with four Concordia with three USC with three and Stanford with one Stanford's one win is versus Grand Canyon which is really interesting but right now BYU with a, a comfortable two game lead but uh, you know Concordia Irvine tonight USC two next week and then at UCLA the next week that's going to be a big weekend. Yeah, it is, and and these are very important matches for BYU. They're going to tell the tale, I think, especially with UCLA continuing to win um, and being right nipping at uh, BYU's heels. So, yeah, it's going to be a very important week for them. We should mention that earlier this week, Davide Gardini was named MPSF Offensive Player of the Week for his performances at Pepperdine the previous week, and Will Stanley was named the National Setter of the Week by Off the Block, a couple of nice awards. Yeah, that's really cool. And I, I love that they have that award for setters because they kind of, you know, yeah, they're the quarterback, but quarterbacks get a lot of publicity. <laughs> setters, not so much. Yeah. And so I like that they got that for Will because that dude is money. Yeah, it's like the outside rece- uh, outside hitters are like the receivers or running backs, right? Of uh, And then the middle blockers are like the tight ends or something, if you want to make yeah. that analogy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Who, what's the libero? Libero is what? The, the libero is definitely the kicker. <laughs> the libero is definitely the kicker. Just no love from like, anybody. You did a good job, but if you do your job, we won't notice you. Yeah, exactly. There's no you only saving yeah. uh, winning uh, dig, right? Like a kicker. Yeah, rarely. Yeah, I guess that can you happen, the but PAT. it's rare. <laughs> You missed this would-be dig. Yeah, yeah for yeah, real. Yeah, it's just like, you're out of here. You got Back ace. to the Bush League. Okay, scores from the MPSF uh, earlier this week and, and, and last night, too. UCLA won in four and three at Stanford Tuesday and Wednesday. At Pepperdine on Wednesday for UCLA, that's a big one. Then Grand Canyon Friday and Saturday, so a tough week for the Bruins. USC beat Stanford in four last night. Trojans are three and eight. Cardinal one and 11. Uh, right now, two worst teams in the league. Same two tonight and Sunday. They're going to play three in a row. And then Pepperdine, same thing, playing three in a row. They swept uh, Grand Canyon last night. They'll play uh, again tonight and Sunday. So I haven't heard, but Steve, I'm I'm wondering if those are all MPSF matches or if there's one that's non-conference. I know the Big West did that where they'd play three times, but the third one was non-conference. So I'm I'm not exactly sure on that. But, uh, yeah, a couple of uh, interesting matches. BYU hoping to be the one seed in the MPSF tournament, but in the end it probably doesn't matter because BYU is hosting anyway. Yeah, and I think you're right, but there's one thing that worries me about all this is watching Grand Canyon live when they came in and played BYU, the fact that their record is as low as it is makes me worried that there I mean there's no easy games or matches uh, in college volleyball, but I just it worries me that they could be seated so low BYU could see them mm. early and they're a dangerous team. I, their record doesn't show it, but they're good. And so it scares me that they're down so low that it's definitely not going to be, you know, something to just gloss over and get to the next match. It's, they definitely need to be worried about them if they do see them early in the tournament. They're 3-3 three and three against everybody besides BYU. It's weird. Uh, I don't uh, B- get that. Yeah, BYU went 3-1 and one against Grand Canyon, but it was tough 3-1. and one. Yeah. And, and BYU playing really well on the road, by the way. 
Um, That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah very, except very for that Grand Canyon match uh, on the road. BYU has a loss at home to UCLA and a loss to Grand Canyon. So, yeah, BYU needs to play well to get um, at least an at-large to the NCAA tournament, which I'd be surprised if BYU doesn't right now. BYU would have to really collapse. Yeah. But, um, you know, we'll see if the MPSF gets two. The Big West real strong, man. Real, real strong. Um, of course, Hawaii number one still, BYU number two. And then it's kind of up in the air. UCSB has lost some matches, but they played some tough competition. So uh, I still think they're number three. That's what I voted them in the uh, off-the-block media poll this week. But MPSF uh, shaping up. The last couple of weeks should be a, a fun run to the finish. Okay, coming up, we chat with setter Brody Ernest. Could we see him this season at setter still? As Over the Top continues on BYU Radio. Over the top, I'm Jerem Jordan with Steve Vale. BYU doesn't often recruit kids who haven't played much volleyball the previous year, are playing club at Utah Valley, and are still getting in the swing of things, but that's the story of Brody Ernest, who eventually transferred to BYU from UVU, led the Cougars to big-time wins versus UCLA and Pepperdine as a freshman. Now he's hurt, but he's not out. In fact, might we see him this year? He answers that question in this week's Cougar Conversation. Here's Brody Ernest. A couple years ago... You're this unknown freshman UVU transfer beating UCLA and Pepperdine, and then people tweet at me almost every match. Hey, where's Brody? Where's Brody at? So Brody, where are you? Still on the team. I still I still go to practice every day. I am recovering from a surgery. So I had a second knee surgery last April um, that hasn't fully recovered yet. And then apparently during my rehab I tore my meniscus as well so it's just kind of a messy knee that I've been I've been working on for sure because I want to be back so knee problems that's where I've been and that's a bummer because uh certainly uh you know BYU could use you this year uh, you know Will's doing a great job Zio's going to be a fantastic player at BYU and uh you're there as well we chat with uh together on uh the bike before every match at home which is always fun for me so is there a chance you play this year? Or are we looking at next year? I think there's a chance at this year. Um, Sean has been incredible with me in that he's never pushing me, but we're always trying to test where we're at, you know? So there will be probably a day or two in the week where I will go full practice and do sixes, do scrimmages. And that's always a ton of fun and, my energy comes right back out and I'm trash talking and having a great time at practice. But um, those glimpses have led to conversations of, would you be able to play in a game? And I've told him I can, the recovery process would be pretty gnarly. Like it would be hard to walk after a full game for sure. But I think that's kind of where I'm at is I could play, but I, I'll probably damage it. So I'm kind of waiting until, this this April and May push of okay maybe it's time to just load up on some ibuprofen and put some numbing cream on there and see if I can step in when I'm needed you know what makes it still worth it for you because if you said ah, I'm done I would get it yeah and that thought has crossed my mind because of the pain that I'm in like I won't pretend that that hasn't crossed my mind but as soon as I fell in love with volleyball my freshman year of high school. 
I made it a goal. I want to play for BYU. And it didn't seem realistic at all. I only played club for a year. I was like, there was no way I was going to play for BYU, but luckily, and I think through God's plan, I made it here, but we've always been a really good team. And last year when it was taken from us, when we were so close and we thought it was it to win the national championship, it's like, we have to like all the hours and everything's worth like making that dream a reality, you know? So that's, what's keeping me for sure is Mm. we're capable of doing that. So it was number four, UCLA, number six, Pepperdine at home. This is 2019. This is kind of, this is a year where there's, wide-eyed uh, Davide Gardini who was amazing but it's his first year right he's he's yeah. almost ABCA national player or uh, newcomer of the year Gabi Garcia Fernandez is fantastic but it's like a young group right yeah then you yeah. get thrown in so how did you manage your emotions in those to be as effective as you were because BYU wins in five and in four I used those emotions and I used the crowd that was my favorite part because Playing in front of the Smithfield house, full 6,000 people is, I raise my arms to everybody. The whole crowd goes insane. What's the other team going to do about it? And so I, I fed off of that energy and the guys were, I mean, I'm playing with the best players in the nation and I, I don't consider myself to be, I was just this, I'm just going to put, Sean tells me, just let the hitters do the work. I just put the ball up in the air and the hitters will go do the rest. And so it was, I'm going to keep my job as simple as I can. I have a lot of work to do. I could be a lot better, but next to his coaching and just realizing I had the best hitters and passers with me on the court in the nation at the time, it was, okay, relax. You can set a ball up in the air, feed off the crowd, get the energy going, and and it happened. It was awesome. Okay, let's get to know you a little bit better. What are some hobbies you have, <laughs> some, some skills that uh, people don't know about? I like to golf. And I'm not very good at golf, probably 10 handicap. But my claim to fame in golf is I can drive it farther than anyone that you know. Yeah. Um, Love to surf. Grew up surfing and playing golf. So weekends were golf and beach volleyball at Main Beach in Laguna. And surfing like every day after practice down in Dana Point. So it it was the dream for sure. I would say those are my biggest hobbies, golfing, surfing, volleyball. Any near-death experiences in your life? In the Philippines, yeah. There was a time we were driving back from the opposite end of the mission. Um, It was really late. It was a 13-hour drive, and we had to be back the next morning for another training. And there was a car coming the other way. And it it was almost a head-on collision going like 80 miles an hour because they only have a one-lane road. And there was swerving and freaking out and yelling in the, it was, so that was gnarly. Who's like the funniest teammate? Probably For Brandon kids. Oberender. Oberender. Yeah. He seems funny, dude. He was on the show last week. I love talking to Brandon. He, he's funny and he talks the most trash as well. And it's, you wouldn't expect it. He looks like just this nice, typical BYU dad, right? He'll get you. He'll trash talk you out the gym. It's awesome. Like, what does he say that's, that's uh, fun? It's just the most, it's not even mean. It's just basic, like, he's the only one that can get in Gabby's head. And he'll talk about Gabby's serve or his toss or how he's just going to hit it into the net. Or, like, he'll just call what will happen in, like, this monotone way. And it, 
it just destroys all of us. It's hilarious. <laughs> what do you want to tell us about Sean Olmstead that people don't know already? Because he all the dude does is win. Yeah, he wins. He wins on and off the court too. That guy motivates us in so many different ways. And he's always trying to like teach us life lessons as well. And one thing that motivates me a lot is seeing what he's doing with his, like his running career. Oh my gosh. It's insane, right? It's absurd. And it's awesome because here my coach is, it's not, I know he's not just sitting around and, you know, maybe has a big belly and just tells us all what to do. And that's it. You know, I know that behind the scenes, he's finding every chance he can get to, I'm going to go run 20 miles this morning. I'm going to go hike Tim tomorrow in two hours. And like, he gets after it and it's awesome. But the dude's the man. He is the man. Well, Brody, this has been fun, man. Uh, best of luck with your uh, recovery from injury. Perhaps we'll see you this season, hopefully uh, a bunch in the, in the years to come. And uh, thanks for taking a few minutes. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Steve, we talked to Brody every match at home. He's on the bike. He's working. We'll see if we see him this year, but I, I love his attitude. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a great attitude and uh, and fun to talk to. You know, I've I've known uh, this family a little while. Uh, the Ernest family. His uncle John was a former player for BYU. Played a ton of sand volleyball with John and his sister, uh, John's sister Rachel, his aunt, and then uh, actually worked for his dad, Aaron. I didn't uh, know for that. A while. Yeah, I know. So it's kind of crazy. Like I've uh, known the Ernest family for a long time, and. And Brody is definitely a chip off the old block, man. He is a great kid, an awesome athlete. Yeah, part of the conversation I didn't include in there was the fact that regardless of whether he plays this and or next year, he's going to have to have knee replacement surgery um, at some point. So he really wants to play. He loves BYU, has wanted to come to BYU. He took the uh, you know the long road, the road less traveled, if you will. And uh, he, he led BYU to some big-time wins, man. And, and the fact that he's there and Zio Meyer's there, I really like that position after we're done with Will Stanley, who's had a tremendous BYU career. Yeah, that's the thing, and, and those are some big shoes to fill. But I think both of those guys are incredible athletes, and uh, I think they're going to do a great job. And we also love his name, Brody. Brody, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Steve says, wow a lot during matches, so naturally it's time for... This is Steve's <laughs> Moments of the Week. And there were a few last night against Concordia Irvine. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, BYU, man, these guys are just on fire right now. Zach going 11-0-15, hitting 733. That's a big wow moment. Uh, and then also uh, Davide Gardini, five aces. Those are those are some big ones. And then BYU Volleyball actually tweeted to me, so that's my, uh, my other wow moment. Hey, thanks, guys. Wow, I feel so important. That was Steve's <laughs> Moments of the Week. Wow. As we go to break, here's today's trivia question. Davide Gardini, as mentioned, had five aces last night versus Concordia Irvine. What's the BYU single match ace record? The answer after this timeout. All right, today's trivia question. Davide Gardini had five aces last night versus Concordia Irvine. What's the BYU single match ace record? The answer, nine by Taylor Sander at UC San Diego, January 18th, 2014. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez and Steve, your boy, Kevin Sagers, 
or tied for second with eight each. In the uh, Garcia-Fernandez match at Mount Olive, BYU took him out of the match. Otherwise, it could have been higher. And by the way, the top seven single match performances are all on the road. Steve, tell the people why that is. I think probably the, the biggest thing is the, the altitude. Uh, I, f- I swear, when you go down to California after serving up here at 4,500 feet, it feels like you could just serve into the ocean. There's so much room there because you can just hit that ball as hard as you can, and it's hard to hit it out. It's weird, but it's, it really is the case. When you get down there, you can just bomb away, and it feels like you've got an extra three feet of court or something when you're, when you're doing that. And I think that's why they're able to, to really go off when they're down uh, you know, sea level. Time now for the Coach's Corner. Sean Olmstead joins us from Irvine, California, fresh off of a win last night, eight matches in a row. And, of course, we're talking about that ace record. Sean, what do you remember from uh, Gabby launching eight aces at Mount Olive last year? No, they, yeah, that was, uh, that was a big-time performance by him. And he went – I do remember it, recall it well. We were actually talking about it yesterday because uh, there was a former Northridge player, Magorian, that was coaching uh, out there and came to watch his little brother – that was playing at Mount Olive, and he played club with, like, Eschenberg and Alex Asu, so he know, knew those guys really well. So he started, you know, just really, really good heckling, and it was great. He was heckling the coaches. It was very well-mannered. <laughs> and uh, so all of a sudden, Gabby goes back to serve and just one, two, three. You know, he's just bombing <laughs> away, and I think we're up by, like, 10 or 11. He's on a roll. They can't get him off the service line. And uh, it was just this quiet moment. And he says something like, come on, Gabby, come on, throw us a bone. Just throw us a bone. Just <laughs> underhand this thing. You know? And, and I mean, great. you couldn't help but everyone, everyone in the gym heard it. And everyone just stopped and was just dying <laughs> laughing. So uh, I love that. But no, that was a big time performance. Uh, I remember that one well. But uh, we've definitely had some nice ones. And it's, it's funny you bring up Kevin Sagers because – I remember kind of messing around, getting on the court. I think it was like an alumni thing or this or that. And with Sagers, when he went back to hit it, it was like, okay, this is either going to be an ace or this is going to take my head off. So I've got to make a decision now, you know, how much I'm really committed to this pass right here, you know. <laughs> and Davide Gardini has five last night, nine total from the team. You get a, another sweep. Um, things are going well right now. What were you most pleased with uh, last night? Yeah, I really liked uh, the pressure from the service line. And uh, Eschenberg just had a, f- a phenomenal night. And I thought we talked a lot with him and he's been working a ton about moving the ball around, hitting it with range. You know, he can get in a little funk when he tries to beat the block low. And that's just not that's just not a strength of, of his or anybody's. And so he was really efficient moving the ball around. Will was efficient, making good decisions, uh, getting our middles involved pretty early. And uh, so it just opened things up uh, all over the place. You've won eight in a row now, uh, only one set loss during that streak. And we've talked a lot about kind of, okay, after the second loss of the season at Grand Canyon, you talked about everyone needing to trust themselves um, or, or, and each other. Um, how have you seen that grow as you've gone on a nice run here? You know, yeah, we, that's just been a real uh, a focus of ours, you know, just – Hey, we're, we're in this deal together, guys. We're in this deal together. And so at the time we knew the season, there's still uh, a lot to be played for. And so we weren't going to just completely blow everything up and freak out that uh, over those losses and, and kind of the start to the season, you know, we stayed the course in terms of practice, in terms of, 
you know, everything we're requiring of the guys, the meetings, the, you know, every little activity we were doing, we stayed with what we knew uh, this team needed. And, and we talked about that after the match yesterday, you know, we've really seen uh, the benefits from that, you know, being diligent about it and staying the course and working on the things that we believe are going to, you know, contribute to the, the success of uh, this team. You're up two games in the league right now with a couple weeks to go. What will be the key to trying to secure a regular season championship? Yeah, just uh, continue, you know, doing the things that we know we, we've got to do and not get out, you know, not get, get rattled or get outside of that. And so we're going to continue to put the guys on the floor. we got to continue to compete, and we've got uh, some tough competition. I mean, this these matches here are always tough at Concordia. And uh, then we got a USC team, and I'll tell you what, you guys are going to see them firsthand next week. It's an interesting team. They've got all the physicality to be very, very competitive. And that's a scary team. They've, they've got the pieces. So um, we, we get two with those guys at home, and, and then we get the UCLA on the road. And what we've recently really, really been t- talking with the guys about is to just not, not get into the mathematics of everything, you know, because sometimes you do. And I remember as a young coach, I used to do that. All right, we're, we're in this position here and there. And we just got to stay true to what we know uh, we have to do and, and stay present in where we're at, you know, and that sounds coaching cliche, but it's so true. Once you start to look beyond or get into the, you know, all right, we're, we're in this spot, we're in that spot. You, you start to just get these, these thoughts in your head that just don't need to be there. We, we're here. We got practice today before the match. We've got to be present in that and then go out and compete in the match tonight. When you look at the league, there's this gap between the top three and the bottom four, but I look at Grand Canyon as obviously a threat, uh, you know, won, won a match against BYU this year. Concordia Irvine, uh, you know, played tough in that third set. USC, you mentioned, has all the physical tools. Uh, Stanford still trying to figure things out, but once they get warmed up, they could be dangerous. So one through seven, it's a, it's a tough league, man. The next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. Yeah, it, al- it always is. And I'll tell you what, that Grand Canyon team, you guys saw them, what, Every set in Provo was either 25, 23, or overtime, I think. Um, How are they? Four so, and six, man. Yeah. And so they've got, they've got outsides that, that, you know, really, really are aggressive from the service line. And that's what happened is they got going at home. And so they're tough. And, and like I said, you'll see SC, Stanford, you know, they haven't been practicing that long. They're going to figure things out. So it's going to be it's going to go right down to the end i promise you that and that's what the mpsf usually does well we look forward to round 2 tonight uh, against concordia irvine 7 pacific time you can stream that via stretch live you can go to boycougars.com and volleyball schedule page and click on the link there Sean, we appreciate the time and good luck again uh, tonight against the eagles all right thanks guys as always okay that's Sean olmstead in this thanks, week's Sean. coach's corner on Over the Top. Okay, Steve, your 80s or 90s TV show or movie of the week. And I really hope you, the listener, are following at home and watching these each week and just enjoying these wonderful movies or TV shows that Steve is offering. So what do you have today? So I I watched this uh, earlier this week, a couple of hints. Uh, As you keep using that word, I do not think it means what you think it means. That uh, is one. (laughs) I wonder if he's using the same one we are using. Yeah, man, Princess Bride. I, I watched that uh, again. I Classic. got that thing memorized, and I just yeah, I just laugh every time I, I watch that movie because everybody is so good in it. So if you haven't seen it, shame on you and get out there. And uh, I was watching a, a, a documentary on the last blockbuster. Yeah, get out to that blockbuster in Bend, Oregon, yeah. and uh, go rent Princess Bride. Yeah, no more <laughs> rhyming. I mean it. 
Does anybody want a peanut? <laughs> anybody want a peanut? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Okay, that'll, ah! that'll do it for us. Unless Steve has more quotes, we'll be back every Saturday throughout the season. Saturdays, 2.30 Eastern here on BYU Radio and On Demand on the BYU Radio app. For Brody Ernest, Sean Olmstead, producer Liam Howard, and Steve Vale. I'm Jerem Jordan. You've just gone over the top.